Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're answering your listener questions. Yeah, specifically, we're answering five listener questions. One listener, she's asking about some employer-matched savings account options, basically, for vacation. That kind of sounds like a nice little perk, mm-hmm. right? But is it actually worth it? Uh, another is asking about the built-in cell phone insurance that comes with credit cards. Uh, and another listener, he's asking about assumable mortgages, whether that's a savvy way to find your way into a low mortgage payment every single month. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to those three, plus a couple couple others. Not my, surprising my, about investing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll my guess is well, Google searches for assumable mortgages have gone up quite a bit as mortgage rates have gone up. So they, it, the, the, our listener, Tom, he's not the only one with this question. So yeah, looking forward to talking about that one. I'm sure it's skyrocketed alongside Barbie pink or whatever. I don't <laughs> is know. there a special Barbie pink color? Does it have a name? I bet there is. I okay. bet there's a Pantone. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know anything about it. I haven't seen it yet uh, because... Me neither. It, I would like to go see movies, but I don't ever do it. So. And yeah, I don't plan to see that one. <laughs> it's Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> now, if it was a G.I. Joe's movie, uh, right. that's the doll toy that I can get behind. <laughs> I, I would probably stream it. Although I will say, I am curious about, I, I was a Ninja Turtles fanatic as a kid. I see there's a new Ninja Turtles movie coming out and it looks kind of awesome. So, so what was your favorite? Did you ever play the Ninja Turtle video games? Oh, yeah. On Nintendo, which... The arcade one was the best. Oh, my gosh. For sure. The four-player arcade version where you got to be Leonardo, Raphael, But the original Nintendo one was great, too, man. Those... I I was a Michelangelo guy, by the way. I'm guessing you were Leonardo. 
Oh yeah, dude. Okay. I, I love the, Leonardo or Donatello. I was gonna say that was the other one I would have guessed. One of those. One of those yeah. two. The sword, but come on, everybody knows that the dude with the two swords is gonna be better than the guy with the two forks. <laughs> I just like the party. Plus, I thought nunchucks were cool. That's why Raphael in the in what was the movie that came out in the nineties? He was the one that was on the Fritz. You know, oh. like he's cause he, they're called size. You know yeah, 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 and he lost it. And I still remember that. <laughs> Ninja turtles are awesome. Yeah. Well, all right. Maybe we'll take the dudes if it if it, if they're old oh enough. Oh my for gosh! It. Oh, they would. Yeah, how fun would that be? They'd, they'd have a blast. All right. Well, let's. Uh, just really quickly, Matt. Before we get to these questions, I wanted to mention that I cashed out my I bonds. Oh yeah, nice. Well, and me, me too. We talked about I bonds so much for so long, and now there's not nearly as much to say. I bonds so hot last year <laughs> <laughs> and they're still paying a decent rate and now the the fixed rate on ibonds is you know the overall uh, rate of return you get is partially fixed it's partially based on just inflation and for the longest time there was no fixed return but the inflation numbers were so hot that it was like okay go get, get some of that money in ibonds but now with inflation coming down and yeah. those rates reset not resetting but adjusting to inflation yeah they're not nearly as attractive as they used to be exactly and so if you got in while there was no fixed rate the the rate's even lower for you right now and it it might be worth forfeiting uh, run the numbers for yourself and see like when you bought them what what sort of interest you're giving up because you do give up if you haven't kept those bonds those i bonds around for five years you're giving up you're forfeiting three months worth of interest but given yeah. kind of where things stand with savings accounts and cd rates and stuff like that I bonds are just looking a little bit less attractive. They're still not bad, uh, but not as attractive. And you might find a better place uh, for your money elsewhere. For your cash. Yeah. Did you pull the money out for a specific reason? Or did you just, from a principal standpoint, where you just like, okay, yeah. it's time to pull this money just out? Just from a principal standpoint. Plus, you didn't blow it on anything? Nah, oh, I like simplicity also. And and just having my money in one less place is just nice from a mental perspective. The guy that loves saving a dollar wherever he can says he likes simplicity. <laughs> <laughs> if it was paying more you totally would still have I kept money. it yeah. oh for sure oh yeah yeah no it was mostly that but i'm also like ah it's from that perspective having it all in just yeah, kind of it's having more in the savings is helpful. and it's now done to four it's in the fours 4.3 but, but that's if you if you buy i bonds now but the the floating rate because you don't get the fixed rate when you you know with for those old bonds when you bought them mm-hmm. you're you're in the threes exactly that coupled with the fact that you can earn that much it, within just a regular high yield savings account, oh, so yeah. a lot that, more than that. So yeah, so I I pulled mine out just for I, I didn't blow it on anything, but uh, so okay. Here's a little peek behind the curtain here at How to Money. Our income is highly variable, so we've got money, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> money coming in uh, from our investment properties every month. But the business, you know, it's 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 cyclical in nature, and so some months we don't make a ton of money. <laughs> and I was actually it was like two months in a row where I was like, man, I don't have to dip into my quote unquote emergency fund, like we've got a fat emergency fund to help smooth out these ups and downs. Like yeah. we know th- this and we plan for it, but even still, I don't want to have to do that again. So the rates being lower coupled with the fact that we had less money coming in, I was just like, okay, this I'm going to go ahead and cash those out and it'll, it'll feel like I earned a paycheck this yeah. month. When <laughs> in reality, we didn't. <laughs> I get it. You're mentally averse and then taking that money instead yeah. of dipping but, in. But yeah. like you, if the rate was continuing to, to, be high, I would have left it there. For sure. So just a note, because we talked about it a lot, it's always worth following up and saying, hey, check in on that again. And uh, I... The Treasury Direct website, of course, we've given its its fair share of grief. Not the easiest uh, place to redeem or whatever, and so I'm just kind of glad to be done with it. Even, even <laughs> from that reasons. perspective, too. Yeah, yeah, they don't make it easy. It's yeah. not like uh, there is a redeem your your dollars now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so sample. Dig. You got to go digging for it. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and introduce the beer for this episode. This is actually a Japanese beer. 
and it's from the town of Kanazawa, I guess that's how you yeah, say it. So right, I, yeah. I think it's maybe Kanazawa Brewery. I don't know because there is not a single word I can read. Not a lick of English. This label, except for beer, which they <laughs> stick there for the dumb Americans. Yes, <laughs> but this one was sent to us. In case you thought it was apple juice by the color of the it can. Does, yeah, so this it's the red can. Julia, she sent us three different beers that we're excited to try from Kanazawa Brewery, I assume. And it, this isn't the first beer that Julia has sent our way. She might be the only person to send us beer multiple times. Oh, nice. Uh, Rugenbra, remember that, uh, like the Euro Pills? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beginning of last year. She sent that one okay. along as well. Well, I, I love drinking beers from other countries. And by the way, just the, the can is cool. awesome. And it? It's so cool. So and it's, it's a unique... Well, what what are the juice cans like? The uh, ju- that's why it kind of looks Juminex like a juice can. Or yeah, some, or, well, you know, I'm, something. There's like, yeah. a, can, a brand out there that's sort of with a J, I think. But the can is kind of like that. It's got that narrow top, uh-huh. and it's like know, it's, it's really stiff. That's why I, I love drinking mm-hmm. like a foreign, foreign beer. Yeah, they, there's something Fun. just exotic about it, right? Yeah. So big thanks to Julia. We'll give our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. We'll share our thoughts. And by the way, I want to mention this real quick. Julia, so she said she was in Japan for six weeks visiting family. Uh, her daughter is stationed there. Uh, she got to spend some time with her granddaughter. And she said that she was able to save over $2,000 in flight costs because of her ticket getting over there because of credit card miles and points. Yeah. Uh, she says that she sends our credit card, credit card tool to everyone she knows who's talking about maybe flying somewhere. So yeah. Julia, thank you so much for that. And if you haven't checked out the credit card tool, you can just go to howtomoney.com forward slash credit card tool. Yep. And you can filter the results based on maybe what airline you're looking at or some of the other different benefits, specific benefits that you're looking for. Yeah. And we- so glad to hear that Julia was able to save a boatload of money. And last week we talked about just that very thing with Lynn Mettler. And so if you're like, all right, I'm ready to get on the the bandwagon. I'm ready to start traveling without using my hard-earned money. Mm -hmm. uh, Going to that credit card tool, finding the right one for you is a great place to start. But uh, let's let's get on to the topic at hand, Matt. Let's get to listener questions. If you have a question for us, we'd love to tackle it in the future on maybe the next Ask HTM episode. You can just go to howtomoney.com slash ask. There are simple instructions there for you to uh, record and submit a voice memo over. And yeah, hopefully we'll take your question soon. But let's get to the first one for this episode. It's from someone who's doing great financially, but she's got... uh, Uh, some single stock ownership. She's wondering if she should minimize it. Hey, Matt and Joel. My name is Alexis and I live in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I love the show and I'm excited to finally have a question for you guys. My mom bought a stock of Quaker Oats for me when I was about six years old in 1996 for about $50. She bought this for me to teach me about investing and it worked because I'm very into investing and looking at my future. The Quaker Oats stock was a drip stock. Pepsi ended up buying Quaker Oats, and now at 33, I have about 34 shares of Pepsi worth $6,200. My question is, should I sell my stock and put it into my Roth IRA? Currently at my company, which I plan to stay at for a long time, I have a 401k program that has a decent match with my investing, the match, and also the profit sharing they give us every year. And the additional money that I put into my Roth IRA, I'm saving about $25,000 a year. When I'm doing the calculations in my 401k and my Roth IRA, at 65, I should have about $4.5 million. I also have an Airbnb that will be passive income, and I'm not even including my husband's retirement funds. So the question is, what should I do with this Pepsi drip stock? Do I hold on to it just to have a good story, or do I reinvest into it? Thanks for listening. Cheers. 
Joel, I don't know if you heard that. $4.5 million, baby. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's some serious money. Are I you? love that she's calculated ahead. She's done the compounding returns calculator, figured out how comfortable will I actually be able to live when I retire. Yeah. She's diversifying, too. She's doing the tried and true method. She's dabbling in real estate in a smart, intelligent way, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. So the Airbnb. Yeah. I love it. She's crushing um, it. Okay, so be- first, before we keep talking about Alexis. Let's talk about her mom because Alexis, your mom is awesome. And does it sound like her lesson paid dividends? I tell you what, like <laughs> more, you more dividends than the <laughs> stock itself. Oh, absolutely. You know, because Alexis is crushing it basically on all levels. Uh, I love that something so small, right? Just 50 bucks uh, invested in a single stock that that can lead to such amazing results. And there are so many different ways that you can attempt to teach your kids about money. But I think the main thing is to actually do it. Don't yeah. overthink it, but find different ways uh, that you know where you're going to be able to connect with them. Do the smart things yourself and then find ways to help them do yeah. the, the stuff you, you want them to be doing as they grow up. And that's exactly what Alexis's yeah. mom did. Yeah, include them on those different money conversations mm-hmm. that you're going to have. All your parents out there talked you know, with them about the different concepts uh, regularly, right? Like demystify them, but also put money in their hands so that they can actually do some cool stuff with it for all parents out there who may not have any money invested in the stock market for their kids, even uh, invested in an index fund. I don't want you to be hearing, oh no, I have to start investing money for them so that they can learn this lesson. I don't think that that's required per se, because for Alexis, this definitely worked, but all kids are different and you need to find the way that you're going to be able to connect with your individual kid. This It's not that buying stocks or an index fund is going to be like their golden ticket to ensure that your kid ends up like Alexis. It worked for Alexis, but I don't want folks out there scrambling to, oh, we got to get money in the market right now. <laughs> and and part of it is just, it makes me think of if you want your kid to, to love baseball like you do, we'll sit down and watch games with them, go out in the yard and play with them, follow the box scores kind of stuff, right? Have a favorite player. And, and th- there's all of these different things you can do. They might not become as big of a baseball fan as you and that's fine but they'll probably it may or may not take at least appreciate it in some way form or fashion they'll at least remember that that's something you did together right sure. and it, it clearly made a, a world of a dif- uh, of difference for alexis here but let's get to the heart of her question matt like what should she do with this 50 bucks that turned into more than 6k which is what happens when you invest small amounts of money become really big so mm-hmm. uh, so should she sell that pepsi stock first things first i would say this is actually a really minor decision there's not it's not really all that important in the grand scheme of things given everything else that alexis mentioned right if if let's say she was just a budding investor just getting started this money would be like probably a lot more important it'd be crucial to get it into the right account but since she's already investing like gangbusters it's it's just a a really small potatoes decision and it's not that she shouldn't think about it it's or try to optimize those dollars it's just that it's not going to make or break her future so We'll do our best to give you the best advice, but it's also important to note that you're doing so many of the right things and that what you choose to do with this small amount of money, it's a large amount of money, but it's small in comparison to all the other things you've been able to accomplish. That's right. Yeah. Because of how intentional she's been saving and investing thus far. Uh, And I will say too, it's it's worth kind of covering a definition. She mentioned, I don't know if folks heard her say it, but she said drip stock, which stands for a dividend reinvestment plan. And that's where the dividends from individual stocks go back into buying more of that stock, uh, oftentimes at a discounted rate. So when she says drip, Joel, she's not talking about 
like nice clothes and jewelry and <laughs> or the worst kind of <laughs> nice, coffee maker nice watches oh yeah <laughs> by the way did you um you talked about getting that garmin uh garmin watch for prime, prime still waiting day? on a deal okay you didn't yeah. get one no gotcha um so we're not talking about that kind of drip we're talking <laughs> we're talking about drip stocks but six thousand dollars in a single stock like again this sounds like a lot of money uh, but if it is less than five percent of your overall investment portfolio then we don't think you need to make a change if you don't want to if this is something you want to kind of hang on to be, to kind of honor your mom uh, but like as long as you're taking the boring route with the majority of your investments which it sounds like you are we've got no problem with you having a, a small position uh, again relatively speaking because you are doing so well with the rest of your money within a single stock, not even within a single stock of a of an actual company that makes something but even of crypto <laughs> i mean we uh we, we bash on crypto because what is it that crypto makes uh i don't know yeah <laughs> it's it's just about trust uh it's about the promise of a decentralized currency in, in, in the future if you want to even dabble with crypto as long as it's under that five percent threshold we are okay with that yeah the thing is Matt, a lot of people, different people in different financial situations could ask us this same question. We give a different answer. It mm -hmm. really is. It depends. And so much depends on where you're at with your own personal financial situation. And like you said, if it's a small, small percentage of your portfolio, you can keep it around and not feel bad about it. But if it's a much larger percentage of your assets, then you're going to want to do something about it and create more diversity with your investment holdings. That's right. Did she say, yeah, I think it's something like 25000 a year or something yeah. she's talking away. That doesn't even include her husband's right. retirement. So if they've been doing well, that for four or five years. She's killing it. Yeah. She's totally killing it exactly then this, this is, is just like yeah a fifth of her annual savings that goes towards um, then this retirement this drip stock is a drop in the bucket oh yeah you like that drip drop <laughs> well on top of that right it, it sounds like she might not even need this money in order to fully fund the accounts that she's trying to fund right so that, that includes the, the 401k through work the roth ira like she might not need to tap the this money in order to ensure that those accounts get fully topped up every single year but uh, you also might not fully fund it, it sounds like, Alexis, if you don't sell this money. It sounds like that was the reason for tapping these, you know, this this particular stock and selling it. And we would say funding, uh, fully funding a Roth IRA, you know, getting that money into one of the best tax advantage accounts, it's, it's high up on our list of on the financial to-do list. And so we probably would sell this stock. We would pay the, the likely reasonable capital gains tax and and then funnel those dollars into the Roth IRA instead. The, uh, the, the truth is the more money that you can shelter in that account, the better off you're going to be, especially with someone who's building a net worth of what you're looking to build. That Roth money is going to come in big time handy uh, years and decades down the road when you're when you're getting closer to retirement. That's right. Yeah, that's what the mathematics number crunching nerd would do. You would say, okay, this is not optimized. I am unlikely to see as much growth within this individual company. I am likely to see more volatility with this company over the long haul. Let's get this invested within the vehicle of the Roth within actual index funds. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, there's also a part of me that's just like, it doesn't matter. Just just, just hang on to it if you want to. Because um, you, you, you kind of mentioned uh, holding on to it specifically for the story. But just so you know, like the story doesn't die when you sell the stock. If you feel like holding on to it, like if that gives you some sort of mental advantage, then certainly keep it around. Uh, but the story like that should be inspiring to you and to others either way, no matter if you if you still have it and is growing or whether or not you sold it. The fact is, it's what's happened in the past, what's happened within the past. The fact that your mom did this, the fact that she was intentional, the fact that you are being intentional at the end of the day, that's the tribute <laughs> to your mom and, yeah. and sort of the, the path and the direction. I guess that your mom pointed you down. That's what I love. Yeah, it makes me think of having like a lucky rabbit's foot in your pocket. 
everybody knows that the actual rabbit's foot isn't doing anything <laughs> to help you accomplish more, do more, or be better, right, at the thing that you're setting out to do. If you're like a sprinter and you keep it in your pocket, or what is it, cool runnings with the egg, right, in the <laughs> that Sanka has in the in the front of his thing. Like, that's not actually doing anything to help them win the bobsled race. But it, if it does give you that kind of mental advantage and it's not taking up a massive percentage of your net worth, keep it around. If you feel like, yeah, hey, holding on to this thing, it reminds me continually that, I can and and will accomplish awesome stuff with my finances. We don't it, then keep it. It's totally fine. Yep. But I, I think you also can come to that realization that hey, this is like a lucky rabbit's foot. And if my money is better, I've learned the lessons already. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily need to keep this around for posterity's sake. I'm I'm crushing it. I'm going to continue to crush it. Whether I lesson learned, keep the single stock around or not. Make note and then move, yeah, move forward with it for sure. Yeah. But uh, Alexis, hopefully this uh, caused you to think about this maybe in a way that you hadn't yet. But uh, we wish you the absolute best. Joel, we've got a few other additional questions to get to, including that question about an employer matched vacation savings plan. We'll get to that and others right after this. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source that's why you listen to this podcast and if you're looking to upgrade your wallet you need to turn to nerd wallet their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products if you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades what could future you do with more travel rewards a hotel upgrade lounge access Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. 
All right, we're back. We've got more money questions to get to on this Ask HTM episode. Matt, you just mentioned employer vacation plans. We as employers suck. We we, we have not been uh, contributing to our own vacation plans to nearly this degree. We'll, we'll talk about that, though. It might not be all it's cracked up to be. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, let's get to a, a question about saving, helping a loved one save up for their future. Hey, guys. This is Tristan from Massachusetts. Just became an uncle a couple months ago for the first time and was hoping to start a Roth IRA for my niece as soon as possible. My thought was I was going to make her a brokerage account on Vanguard with some dividend stocks and use those dividend payments as an income to generate a Roth IRA. I don't know if that's possible or not, but let me know what you guys think. Thanks for the show and appreciate all the help. All right, Tristan, congrats on becoming an uncle. And uh, I specifically love that you have immediately gone to thinking about money. <laughs> How uh, can I impact her for good? I know. Let me I give her some cash. love that he's wanting to get his niece started early. She might want like a binky first or like <laughs> a, a fancy new pacifier. The uh, the fancy giraffe. Is that still hot? The, oh, yeah, uh, the, the French, French toy? Yeah. The French giraffe chewing toy or whatever? I think it's a classic. I think it always works. It, it always sticks around. Yeah. But uh, Tristan, he actually might play a role similar to what Alexis's mom played for her. But, but don't forget, uh, don't just sock money away into accounts for her future but also make sure that you're able, hopefully, I mean, this is your niece, so you only have a limited amount of, I guess, what you can do, uh, but teach her at the same time. Granted, she's a baby at this point. She's probably not even crawling yet. Uh, maybe she's <laughs> just home from the hospital. I don't know. But as she continues to grow alongside the wealth that you are hopefully helping her to build, take the time to discuss what it is that you're doing and why it is that you're doing that. And I think that will have an an even bigger impact than the dollars alone would. You don't want to just set her up. Like, you don't want to like a trust fund baby. Right. Granted, I don't think you're thinking, you know, of those, that, that kind of level of wealth. But make sure that you, you're being intentional in other ways as well. He's just got a few mil. He's trying to throw in her just direction. Just a couple mil. Yeah, that's all. Which is super generous, Tristan, which that's great. I'm sure it's nothing close to that amount. But I think your point well taken, Matt. I think when you're giving money to someone, yeah, you also want them to, that's the that's half the beauty or more than half the beauty. It's not the wealth that's growing on their behalf. It's helping them mentally understand what's going on, connect them to the wealth growing reality that's occurring so that they can continue to implement that as they get older, as they move forward in their own lives, as, as they get closer to adulthood. But let's talk about maybe the, the best way to start growing some money for her on her behalf and not Tr- just not just talk right actual dollars yeah and so Tr- tristan he mentioned the roth ira which is of course one of our favorite investment vehicles we we love it um and it's it's not because she's literally a newborn though that your niece can't have a roth ira it's because she doesn't have earned income and as she gets a little older maybe gets her first babysitting or, or fast food job I think doing something like an uncle match could be really helpful, right? Doubling what she's willing to invest in that Roth. That's a great way to incentivize her setting aside money for her future. Mm -hmm. And if she's like a Gerber baby model already, then, uh, and she's making income from that, then you could contribute to a Roth for her. Uh, But I'm I'm doubtful that's the case. And so what I would say is doing the, the match with her in the future It'll get her excited because she's going to get to see an instantaneous return as you're you're pitching in some of your dollars on her behalf for that Roth. It's kind of a great way to do both the the financial contribution as well as teaching a lesson at the same time. But that doesn't necessarily involve socking money away for her right now. That's right. Yeah. And, and by the way, Tristan, you were specifically asking about 
setting up a brokerage account so that she's earning dividends. So she does have earned income that she can stock away into a Roth IRA. Earned income or dividends earned from uh, stocks like that actually don't qualify as earnings that would then allow her to contribute to a Roth. So truly, it would require her actually having a job, like being a Gerber baby model, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Uh, and so, since that's kind of off the table, the next best thing would be to contribute to a 529 plan uh, in her name. If her parents haven't opened one yet, I would, first of all, encourage them to do so. Uh, and the, the main goal of a 529 plan is, of course, to pay for education. Uh, but because of recent changes to 529 plans, they're far more flexible now. And we used to actually not be huge fans of 529 yeah. plans. Now we are. Because they just harnessed that money and they said they can only go for one thing and one thing only. And guess what? Like That constrained those dollars a little too much for our liking. Yeah. It's, it's sort of, it makes me think of like tools in the kitchen. It's, it's sort of like getting a garlic press or something. It's like, oh, that's nice, but you can only use it for that one thing. Yeah. And instead, that garlic press got turn into a chef's knife <laughs> or a whisk or something that you could use for multiple, many different things. Uh, but the money that you are putting into that 529 on her behalf uh, up to $35,000, it can eventually, decades down the road, be turned into Roth dollars as well. There's just a tr much more flexibility that now accompanies 529 plans. And that's I, if I were in your shoes, that would be the vehicle, the investment vehicle that I would be considering. Yep. Agreed. And again, a few years ago, we probably would not have even said, this is definitely where you should go. Invest for her future college. And there's a lot of questions that get involved with that too, because of the flexibility that 529 plans now have at their disposal. They make a lot more sense. And you know, there are going to be a lot of kids who, if you start putting some money in now, they will have tens of thousands of dollars that they can convert to Roth money later, really setting themselves up for uh, a killer retirement. But we also want to mention that getting a head start is cool. I get the desire and the compounding returns for money invested as a zero-year-old. That can be substantial, right? We always talk about how much time impacts compounding and your overall ability to build wealth. But the nice thing about waiting a little bit is that you personally will likely be in a better financial position, right? You'll have greater levels of financial flexibility. And at the same time, she'll be able to participate and learn from your involvement in her financial future. So yeah. not necessarily trying to like dissuade you from getting the ball rolling now, but we just want to encourage you to size up your own financial situation. Like how are your savings and investments looking? If if you're not in Money Gear 7, you should likely hold off for a bit. You can see our Money Gears. If you go to howtomoney.com, click start here. But if, if you're not all the way up in that position where the world is your oyster, financially speaking, and you've, you've, you've saved, invested, and paid down debt to a, a substantial degree... This should probably be kind of a, a hold off and wait type of situation, although it's something that you, you can and likely should pursue in the future. Yeah. And, and hopefully it, it can fuel you to make the right decisions now so that you have the capacity and capability yeah. to do that in the future. And it can allow you to say, I'm going to be the uncle that like, the, you know, sometimes there's guys that are like, I want to be the fun uncle or <laughs> like, I think Tristan, he wants to be the money savvy uncle. And I think that can cause him to make the best decisions now. And it can not be his only, obviously there's lots of why's behind our money, right? Like the why behind your money. But this can be one of them. And if this helps him to maybe subscribe to one less streaming service or like tighten the belt a little bit more and not go out as much now and, you know, with, with friends, that kind of thing, I think that can be an awesome sort of fire that gets lit underneath of them. And I think one of the other things you could do just now too, I'm thinking about, you're doing this to help out your, your niece, but if you're looking to help out your, your brother or your sister, 
offer to babysit <laughs> because like new new parents man the ability to get away even just for a date night is incredibly valuable and yeah. you are literally providing value by doing that for free yeah. and not charging them and plus and it, i think they'd be much more likely to trust you than just some rando babysitter as sure. they're kind of you know getting out there but and, and then you can turn on the how to money pod pa- podcast in the background and <laughs> like osmosis it'll just seep into her her psyche and she'll be brilliant with money from a young age i love it I think that's how it works. It's a good plan. <laughs> All right, let's get to our next question, Matt. This one comes from someone who wants to take vacations, but wants to do it for half the cost. Hi, how to money guys. This is Rebecca Ennis. Um, I recently started working at a large corporation um, in the last year I've been there. And one of the perks they offer is this vacation savings matching program. It's through a company called Adestin or Adestin. You do have to stay at the hotels that are on their website, but I wondered if you guys have any experience with it or if there's a better thing I could do, be doing with my money to save for a vacation. It just seems like a pretty good deal since it's matched at 50%. I'm specifically thinking about it for like a trip to Disney. Like I know that there will be a lot of hotels there. So let me know what you think. Matt, do you think you could take a, a trip to Destin with your a Destin savings? Only if the hotels qualify. Yeah, or if it was yeah. in the program. <laughs> so let's talk about <laughs> this. It's an interesting. It's an interesting idea. It's a, a perk that more employers are offering. But and and I will say this: it's cool to see that employers are offering more and more perks to employees. Right? They more of like a variety, yeah. Rather than just okay, we will increase your salary. The, the secondary compensation items are have like blown up in recent years. There's money going towards your student loan payments, uh, for example, or you know more more money going towards, understandably so, because of the higher cost of healthcare towards your your premiums, stuff like that. And so it's. I like I like seeing um, these additional perks. They can really make up for a, a lack of salary or maybe not quite as good of a salary. So it's really important to kind of take a look at the full scope, like your total compensation package when you're looking at employers. And so Rebecca's got this interesting uh, secondary perk, right, which could potentially save her money. But I don't know. Do you want to start off and, and start with your take on this this a company and the kind of vacation saving match that some employers are instituting? Yeah. So on paper, this it sounds like an, a pretty sweet setup. Yeah. Right? You're like, oh, who, like you're leaving money. We talk about this with 401ks, right? Like if you're not getting the match, that's basically it's not quite the first thing you want to be want to be doing. You want to make sure that you have a little bit of margin in the bank, but it's literally after that, the very next thing that you need to be doing. And I think folks might hear that and think, oh, well, this is, these are free dollars that I'm not taking advantage of. It's like the 401k, but for the vacation. But, I or the think. vacation, which is not truly what 401k money eventually turns into anyway. <laughs> Therefore, yeah, you, you run the computation and you think you should be doing this. It sounds pretty cool. But I think it's worth thinking through a few things before you start tossing your money into this one, even though you're getting basically like a 50% discount on that vacation. And the reason for that is because you're essentially locking up dollars for a specific purpose. It kind of goes back to how we were talking about how 529 accounts used to be set up and how garlic presses are currently set up. Yeah. <laughs> They're good for one thing. And Even with a discount, it might be too constraining. Yeah. And with a company that might not have the travel options 
that you're excited about. Uh, so for instance, like what if you want to, instead you want to stay at an Airbnb, but this vacation savings plan, it really only works with major hotel chains, which is what it appears to be the case. Well, if that's how it ends up going down, that would be a massive bummer. Even if those hotel stays are costing you less than if you booked directly with them. Yeah. So it constrains your options. Don't, don't like that. Yeah. That's one strike against it. Exactly. They have partnerships with some hotel chains and so you're like you have to be down with staying at the places that a destin or a destin or whatever they are has partnerships with and so if you're saying well i like to be a little more freewheeling when i travel or i'm planning to go to this off the beat destination and there is no you know hilton <laughs> there well you might be out of luck when it comes to to using some of those dollars to pay for that vacation because guess what now you've got money stashed in this account but to stay at the place you really want to stay or to go to the place you really want to go then you're you're gonna have to go come out of pocket with that and you might rather have you wish you could claw those dollars back from that vacation account but you might not be able to and there there are other limitations to deal with as well matt it's just it's hard to know if this company, if a Destin is getting as good of a deal as you could on the open market, right? Granted, they already have the head start because of that 50% match thing. But if your options are limited and the prices could be higher, let's say when you book via a Destin, then you'd be able to get booking directly. It, it, it could mean that you're not able to save quite as much as you think. And yeah, that 50% kind of gets slashed down to 25%. Right. So now you're going to this hotel at a 25% discount, which is nice. But would I, I have actually chosen this hotel with right. a 25% discount when before I was thinking I was getting you know, a 50% discount? So I think this is the answer is really personal. And it's like, are mm-hmm. the constraints worth what I have to jump through. And it sounded like with Rebecca going to Disney, hey, if you know that that they partner with a hotel ahead of time and you're funneling, it's almost like I'm thinking of like an HSA where it's money that you're going to use it or lose it. And if you're like, I know I'm going to use it for this specific hotel and Destin partners with them and I'm going to get this discount I couldn't get otherwise. Cool. Yeah. You, you might want to go in that direction. But if you're like, I, if you're more like me and you're a little more freewheelly and wielding and you just kind of want to be able to, to make the best decision in the moment for what you're interested in as you're looking at destinations and prices, like maybe a Destin locks you in a little too hard in this specific direction. And that's not what you want. For me, I wouldn't love it. But I think for other people, it could be uh, healthy savings on the vacation they're already planning to, to take. By the way, the website does not inspire confidence in me. We mentioned Treasury Direct <laughs> earlier. I swear, going on a Destin's website makes me feel like I'm at Treasury Direct or makes it feel like tre- Treasury Direct is a well-designed website. <laughs> uh, so if, if the Definitely po- doesn't seem like the site's been updated in like 15, 20 years. Right. Yeah. So if the portal, uh, the website, the interface are that bad, it truly might be more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. By the way, I think I think you said HSA as far as the use it or lose it. No, I said FSA. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. So the FSA is Regardless of what you it. said. I swear I heard you say HSA. Okay, maybe I did. Uh, but regardless, we're talking about because HSA flexible not spending accounts, yeah. not health savings accounts. Yeah, you don't you don't use it or lose it with HSAs. But um, it does seem like that there are a bunch of different like major employers out there, major companies uh, like I think I saw like maybe Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Starbucks, uh, but that they've partnered with a Destin in order to cater to their employees, right? To make it seem like that they're offering these benefits that people are clamoring for. But given that there are no tax advantages to this account uh, and the lack of information available on the internet about the company, there's there's neither a ton of good press, but there's also like not a ton of bad press either. It's just kind of like... There's just no press. Meh. <laughs> it's just, I think that tells you enough right there that I think they do what they say. I don't think it's a scam, but I think the results lie in the praise that you're not seeing, essentially. I think they do what they say, but people are probably like, well... Probably won't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it might be the general atti- attitude. 
But that being said, like I'd still likely opt to not participate unless you feel comfortable comfortable about the booking options and the process on the Adestin site. Like don't do it because of the theory, the principle of, oh, I'm leaving money on the table. Do it because you have found the exact hotel that you want to stay at. Yes. And you're and it becomes a practical decision that you can say, Oh, we will now be able to stay at the hotel that we want to stay at. Perfect. May as well funnel it through it's it's like swag bucks or some of these other sites or whatever. Yep. It's just like, well, if I'm gonna do it anyway, then maybe we'll take the additional step and juice our returns a little, you know, get a little bit of a bonus in this case, pay a little bit less. Otherwise, yeah. I probably wouldn't mess with it. It could be like the dog who catches the car and you don't know what to do with it. And you're like, I got the deal. Um, but now, now I, I got to find somewhere <laughs> to spend it. Exactly. <laughs> and so you might be locked in in a way where it just, it just sucks and you don't get the vacation you were hoping for. Yeah, maybe you got a cheaper vacation than you were, you, you were going to spend less than you thought you were going to, but you don't necessarily get the vacation you wanted. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, Rebecca, taking your vacation time is something that we are all about because not only is it good for the soul, but every study out there that we've seen, it points to the fact that folks who take all or most of their vacation time, they end up performing better in their jobs, in their careers too, right? Like, so they're more rested. They feel like human beings again, but they're actually more effective and you make, you basically end up being a better employee, which means you are likely going to then earn more money. So literally, you are giving up money by not taking this vacation. Yeah, people who take less <laughs> of their vacation time have few, they earn less over the life of their career. So if you take your vacation, you're going to be healthier, wealthier, and wiser, I think. That's what the doctor and philosopher and Joel said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've got a couple more questions to get to, Matt, including that question about an assumable mortgage and one uh, that we, we've never really talked about, the benefit of cell phone protection when you pay for your monthly cell phone bill with a credit card. Well, what if you have Mint Mobile? Does it still work? We'll get to those right after this. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source that's why you listen to this podcast and if you're looking to upgrade your wallet you need to turn to nerd wallet their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products if you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades what could future you do with more travel rewards a hotel upgrade lounge access Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. 
I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, man, we are back from the break. Time to talk about cell phones, cell phone insurance specifically. Let's hear this question from Corinne. Hi, Matt and Joel. This is Corinne from Utica, New York. I have a quick question about the cell phone insurance benefit that comes with some credit cards. I was looking at the fine print the other day, and it said that to be eligible for the benefit, you need to pay your monthly cell phone bill with the card. The problem is I use Mint Mobile, which only offers quarterly or annual billing, so I'm not sure if I'm actually eligible. I tried to call customer service for both Chase and MasterCard and got absolutely nowhere and then disconnected after 20 frustrating minutes. So I'm giving up and asking if you guys can figure it out. Thank you so much. I love the show. Matt, I'm so glad Corinne asked this question because it's one that had kind of been in the recesses of my mind, but I've been too lazy to actually kind of figure it out. And her, sounds like Corinne got a little lazy there at the end too, because she was, how dare you, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> now, understandably, right? Because when you kind of, I'm glad that she she advocated a, for herself, that she was pushing back at these companies, trying to get an answer. But man, there's, there's only so much tire spinning you can do. Exactly. With, she got stonewalled. Yeah. And you know what? She's not alone. I got stonewalled too. So I was reaching out to multiple companies. I got tired of asking the question when nobody wanted to respond. Even people in like the the media relations department of some of these big companies, they were just kind of like, "Eh, we don't have time for you," which is just a bummer. Like I've run into that before, but it's these companies, it's amazing. They don't care about spitting out responses for consumers or even for people like us who reach a lot of their customers. And so MasterCard in particular, what in the world is going on with you guys? Like I, I reached out to multiple people in multiple different divisions, left messages with a bunch of PR folks and nobody contacted me back. So I, I've had that happen in my radio days too, Matt, when these companies, they just, they think they're too big to respond to consumer questions and complaints and they need to do better. Um, so, but I will say, we finally, finally did get an answer from somebody. So we, we'll get to that in just a second. But just it's important to continue to push back. I'm amazed that Corinne went as hard as she did, but I'm glad she yeah, reached out to us. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's also important to know that the fine print, that it can often change the perceived value of, in this case, a credit card. So for instance, we, you know, we've talked about the Amex Blue Cash Preferred giving you 6% back on groceries, right? Like that's one of the benefits. It's one of the superpowers of that card. It is awesome, but you got to pay attention to the fine print, some of the of the, these different benefits that these cards offer. Because if you buy groceries, let's say at Target or Walmart, 
Well, you're not getting 6% back <laughs> because of the way specifically that Amex codes those stores. Just because you walked out of that store with milk and apples does not mean you're getting 6% back. Yeah, the same is true if uh, if you fill up your car, like say at Kroger, uh, with the Costco Visa card, it's considered like a s- supermarket. Uh, it's, that's not It doesn't code as a gas station. Uh, so we love that that card offers 4% back on gas, but that doesn't apply to supermarket gas stations. So it's helpful just to be aware of the fine print and some of these idiosyncrasies so that you can make sure that you're using the right card at the right place so that you're not giving up some of these different benefits that these cards tout and that they advertise and that we even talk about because we want folks to take advantage of every benefit that's offered to them. But let's just make sure that we aren't whiffing like at the very last second yeah. because we happen to use the wrong card at the wrong place. Thinking we're getting the benefit when we're actually not. And that's a really good point to mention, Matt. It's something that comes up sometimes in the How to Money Facebook group. People are like, how does this store code? <laughs> Do you know? Because I want to make sure that I'm using the right card in the right place. And it's important to know that some of these things where you think you're getting the bigger benefit, you might not be. But uh, let's get on to the the... Corinne-specific question, Matt. And and for everybody out there who listens to us, there's a lot of Mint Mobile users, rightly so. The price is insane. It's so good. And the customer service is great. We've talked about Mint Mobile for years. That's who we use. But are you covered? I've been using for like, this is, we're coming up like our fourth year now? I think, I think so. That's how much we love them. Yeah. And they only get better. Like even after that, they were recently partially purchased or fully purchased by T-Mobile. The the amount of data they gave to their users skyrocketed, and yeah. they didn't increase the price at all. So but far, so far, so, so good. We we won't be afraid to talk smack if that changes. Yeah, but when, when they crap the bed, yeah. But this was enlightening for us too, <laughs> as Mint Mobile users, because I thought we were covered, but I wasn't sure. And Corinne got us to go all the way to to check out. And so even though Mastercard ghosted us. We talked to uh, the good folks over at Built, which is our favorite credit card for renters, B-I-L-T. And by the way, we'll put a link to the Built review in the show notes. If you're a renter, the only way you can get perks for paying your rent with a with a credit card. Mm-hmm. But here's what Sean over there told me. He said, and I quote, I'm happy to confirm this scenario would be covered. If the wireless plan is not a monthly build plan, we'd need the user to provide documentation verifying the type of payment plan they have with the wireless company and that the plan was paid for with the built MasterCard. The documentation must support that the date of loss and last payment fall within the plan period. Assuming all this occurs, it could be covered. So there you have it. According to the the folks over there, you would be covered after jumping through some of those some of those extra hoops. But I'm guessing you'd have to submit some of that documentation anyway with the with mm-hmm. the claim. I've never actually had to fill out one of these claims, but uh, like we talk about, that is one of those nice nice perks. So you're not having to fork out money every single month to in order to insure your cell phone. You, just paying with the right credit card gives you that coverage. And yes, if you're a Mint Mobile customer, you can and, and you pay once a year or once a quarter to get that sweet benefit. Yeah, where you get that discount by basically buying buying your minutes or not minutes your your data yeah. in bulk no one's buying minutes <laughs> <laughs> your unlimited minutes but by doing that in in a quarterly or an annual thing getting the discount you can still qualify for that perk that these credit card companies offer yeah and of course you could avoid having to go through this hassle altogether by putting a case on your cell phone that'll help you most of the time not always i guess because well, well dude between the ceramic shield now that apple installs on on their iphones where you know that screen is rock solid baby well, let's say you go to Pam, is it Pamplona? And you run with the bulls? 
I sure. mean, yeah, and yeah, your phone yeah. drops out of your pocket. In that rare case. Yeah. Actually, I think it would even stand up to that. You could like hold it up in would front of really? your face so that you don't get <laughs> gored in the, <laughs> in, the, in the eyeball. The phone will sa- save your life. Uh, I will say I've not cr- ever since the ceramic shield specifically, because it's like a, it's like a special glass uh, that they, that they implemented yet another reason that I'm, I'm such a big fan of the iPhone. Plus your wife, Emily, she got to see the benefits of being able to, because our, all the droids are they are none of them waterproof? No, I think they are. Oh, are they? Yeah, I okay. just think she didn't realize that, and so oh. then she's like, "Oh, with this new phone, I can put it in the water." And it's Kayla's like, well, just like, take you, a video underwater." You could put the last one in there too. We did that while we're while we were at the beach, but even still, she was like, "Kind of." It still feels weird to put electronics. Oh, sure. Under underwater it feels yeah. counter to what we've basically been trained to not do for the past. How long have all our lives? Yeah, Fifteen <laughs> years or something. But but bottom line, you do you will have to check with the specific card that you're planning to pay for your phone with to make sure that that is something that's that's covered uh, yeah because it, it's going to vary per card you yeah. would think mastercard would have some sort of blanket policy but they they don't and they tell you to turn to the specific card to ask the it question varies. so and i reached out to the folks at built but you might yeah it, it it's annoying but those are the steps if you want to make sure 100 percent you're covered exactly i would get it in writing <laughs> from the card issuer but it's uh it's good to know at least that the, with the built card you can go through this process and you're a-okay that's right. All right, let's get to our last question. And this is from a listener who is maybe considering buying a new house, but he doesn't want to give up the sweet, sweet low mortgage rate that he has. Let's see if we have a solution for him. Hi, this is Tom from Superior, Wisconsin. I am fortunate to have a low interest mortgage, 2.375%. And that's about $319,000 balance on original $336,000 loan, and it's been described as you know, a problem since you can't sell and get a new mortgage someplace else, anywhere close to that. And I don't, I don't like this, oh, you got a bad deal with a great mortgage. So I wonder if there's any options with a low interest mortgage and you want to move someplace else. Is uh, having an assumable loan, is that valid option and how would that work to make it benefit both me and the person that assumes my mortgage thank you very much matt i feel like tom right now is the envy of almost every how to money listener the and and the end of the hosts as well because uh 2.375 dudes in the twos that's that's better than anything i've got that's awesome yeah it's almost like you're getting paid to have that mortgage when it's uh, a locked in rate that's that low which is of course why there's no supply on the housing market right yeah. now, people are willing to stick with a house that's less than ideal because their rate is so stinking good, but that leaves folks like Tom in a tough spot, right? It's kind of it's kind of like golden handcuffs. That's what they call the pension, right? You're building building years, you're 18 years in, and you can't leave your job because every single year that adds to the pension, and that's how you're going to retire. Well, this is similar. It's like golden handcuffs. You can't leave the house. Hope you like because, your house because you're yeah. going to be there for the next 20 years. Right, because the mortgage rate <laughs> is that Good. He said he's from Superior, Wisconsin. It's like the most superior mortgage rate you can get. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you know that not only will moving mean that you're inevitably buying a more expensive house because of where housing prices have, got, have gone, but on top of that, you're going to be increasing your mortgage rate quite a bit, which makes it really a hard decision to make to, to uproot. But let, let's take a minute and describe what qualifies as an assumable mortgage. Uh, so FHA, VA and USDA loans. These are the type of mortgages that could be assumable, Uh, meaning that rather than applying for a new mortgage at a much higher rate than what you have currently, Tom, uh, that you're able to essentially take over the existing loan that the seller 
currently has on the property that they're selling and hopefully they've got something also in the twos maybe the threes i'd be fine i'd be happy with that as well <laughs> but th- it's not an automatic decision though because the lender though whoever holds that loan they still have to approve you for that assumable mortgage uh but if that's the case you might have the chance to take over, right? Or assume their loan with the same rate, the the same terms, everything. Basically, everything that the current owner of the home signed up for, you get to take over for them. Which sounds so nice when you put it like that, Matt. But yeah, it's not as easy uh, said as it is done, right? Correct. The trick is actually finding a property that you want to move to where the uh, mortgage can actually be assumed. And then beyond that, you're faced with the difficulty of coming up with the difference if the purchase price is more than the balance on the loan, which would most likely be the case. So for example, let's say that you're looking to buy a home uh, in the, it's like $425,000 and the remaining balance on that loan is 325. Well, that means you're going to have to come to the table with $100,000 in order to make up for that difference. And if you can't, you're likely looking, uh, you're going to have to apply for a second mortgage for the price difference, which would of course mean that you're borrowing at least some of the money for that house at a higher mm-hmm. rate, which is what you're trying to avoid <laughs> in the first place. So these matching up people with an assumable mortgage who want that house and want to take over that mortgage is... And then who also has the cash on hand to be able to make up the difference. Yeah, it's kind of like a needle in a haystack sort of it's scenario. A tricky endeavor. And then not to mention that a seller who has an assumable mortgage, they know that they've got essentially like this unicorn, right? It's a house for sale with a super low interest rate. And guess what? So do other buyers. They know that, that this is a rare find as well. So that there's a pretty good chance that the lower rate would then drive up the asking price of the property for sale, even if you weren't planning to assume the mortgage, right? Whether or not you take take advantage of it, it doesn't have an effect on the willingness of other buyers to pay more in order to reduce their monthly payment. And yeah. so in, in effect, the market, it kind of susses out some of these different advantages. It's, it's, I feel like this is a evidence of like the efficient market hypothesis or, or, or whatever, that there are rarely uh, inefficiencies and advantages that other people aren't able to see, which would then have an impact on the price. And this happens more in the commercial space than it does in the personal space. Like, like I said, there's not really a mechanism to match people up who have the assumable mortgage and who want to buy this specific house with this mortgage rate, taking all this into account. But it does happen more in the commercial space when we're talking about someone buying a, an apartment complex or a group of investors coming together to buy you know, a bigger asset the how the debt is structured and taking on some of that debt, like transferring that debt, can have a big impact on how good of an investment it is. But it's just it's less uh, normal. It doesn't really happen much in the in the personal space. And unfortunately, this is just kind of where the housing market is at the moment, right? It's it's a bummer for a lot of buyers. It's a bummer for a lot of people who would like to sell, but they're just in too sitting too pretty right now um, because of the terms they have on their current mortgage that they're not willing to list their property for sale. They're not willing to move on down the street. But uh, the alternatives are, I'll just list a few really to be happy with the golden handcuffs on your wrist, just be like, all right, this is what it is. I'm in a good spot. I can save more money. And uh, let me just be happy with that. Or it's to save up more money for that next home you're looking to buy. The other thing, I guess you could wait, try to wait for rates to drop, but we don't know when or if that'll happen. And even if that does happen, housing prices are likely to go up even faster as rates go down. In tandem. Yep. Yeah. Because you know financing, as it becomes less expensive, it, then I think the prices for those homes is likely going to, to go up simultaneously. I don't necessarily see affordability. Uh, homes becoming a lot more affordable 
in the near future. Yeah, and of course, if you went ahead and bought anyway, you always have the chance to possibly refi. So not waiting until rates drop, but go ahead and buy in the property if you find the dream property, the dream house. But you still need to be able to afford it, right? Because you don't want to make that decision assuming that rates will drop. Uh, you need to be able to afford it in the meantime easily. And so, yeah, if you've got the cash, it's like, boom, let me let me upgrade, even though I know I'm giving up kind of a bird in the hand. But it, it might be worth it if you have other goals. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's what I was going to say is that you've, you you need to be willing to make a purchase without the rate driving that decision. It's yeah. not. A, it's less at this point, it's going to be less about the money can, because no matter what, you're going to be giving up something great. And it just goes to show that there are times when people move and make life big financial life decisions like this for life reasons, not sure. necessarily just because the market's really great right now. Yep. Like while it would be awesome to optimize in that way and to get a killer deal at a crazy low rate, that's sort of what we you know what we saw 10 years ago. That's not the environment that we're currently in. So you kind of have to weigh some of those personal factors, some of those life decisions with the cost that you're not only able to pay but willing to pay mm-hmm. knowing that you're like that's the, i think that's the hardest part is mentally letting that 2.37 whatever letting the, mentally letting that go i think yeah. is, is going to be the hardest part one thought i have by the way that i talk to tell people sometimes who ask a question about is uh, hey you've got this low mortgage rate does this house work as a rental property like would it make sense for you and then maybe that that feels uh helps to offset it a little bit yeah, yeah. exactly you're like i'm still keep holding on to this awesome locked in 30-year mortgage as long as the numbers work and it makes sense and I'm actually kind of interested in becoming a landlord and this property makes sense as a as a rental property in my portfolio, then hey, that could be another tact worth worth looking at. And, and then all the first-time homebuyers are out there saying, no, don't hang on to it, sell it to me. Yeah. Although it helps with, uh, <laughs> with the rents, right, that we've been seeing escalate as well. More rental properties on the market will help lower rents and yeah, it's 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 at least worth considering. Sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Tom, hopefully that gets you pointed in, in the right direction. Plus, it's fun to talk about assumable mortgages because that's <laughs> not something we've discussed. Uh, but all right, let's get back to the beer that we enjoyed. Again, we don't know what this one is called, but we'll just call it the red one. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one that's in the red can. From best I could tell, I'm get maybe this was a lager. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts? That's on what this? I'm guessing too. Yeah, there is one in there labeled IPA. The other one doesn't have any label either. So okay, it just says uh, beer. Yeah, so I'm curious to try the IPA. But this one, I'm gonna say, yeah, it tasted like a lager to me, and uh, it tasted good. It was clean mm-hmm. and it had some sweetness going on. Yeah, like like it. I don't know if it's just because of the label, but it made me think maybe there's some sort of juice or something in here yeah. but i th- i don't i think it's just the label playing tricks on my brain <laughs> uh, but yeah it, it it had a multi sweetness certainly didn't have kind of a, like a hoppy bitterness going on well i wonder if it was brewed with rice like sometimes a lot of the oh, dude that's discriminatory you racist no it's just like <laughs> truly some of those beers like there's rice lagers yeah, yeah yeah and they're delicious um they're they're unique they taste different than other lagers you might drink and so uh, this one might have been brewed with rice i don't know i can't read the label at all <laughs> Have but no way of telling. Maybe I liked it. Is it? Uh, do you have like the Google Translate app? Maybe afterwards we'll. Oh yeah, we should pull it up. Take a gander. Yeah, but but either way, Julia, thank you so much for uh, for sending this one plus the two others that we're going to enjoy here on the show soon enough our way. Yeah, we appreciate it. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, if you have a money question you want Matt and I to tackle, we'd love to hear it. Go to howtomoney.com slash ask and submit a voice memo. We'll take it hopefully on the show soon. That's that's right. Matt, let's wrap this up. Do it. All right. So if you want show notes, you can find those up on our website at How to Money as well. And that credit card tool you mentioned earlier, it's a great place to start if you're looking to find the right credit card with the best sign-up perks and the best ongoing benefits. So you can start building up those points, start taking free trips. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Matt, until next time.
Best friends out. Best friends out. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.